0: Let's talk PR and more. Public relations, media, publicity, integrated communications, marketing, digital, reputation management, and more. Let's talk PR and more with award-winning PR strategist, Sherry Goldman.
1: Hi, I'm Sherry Goldman, president of Goldman Communications Group, and welcome to Let's Talk PR and More. My guest today is Normala Singh, Nirmala is vice president of Zeno Group, an agency she joined seven years ago. Her passion is food and beverage PR. By day, she heads many of Zeno's food-related accounts, focusing on earned media strategy and pitching earned media for clients such as snack food brands Goldfish, Milano Cookies, Snyder's of Hanover, Kind, and Turkey Hill, as well as other food-related clients including Grossa Aldi, Starbucks, Cinnabon, and Carvel. And by night, Nirmala is a reporter she blogs and reports all things food and beverage at food Beats, And I should say, I'm so proud of her success since I knew her when. She was a student of mine when I taught at Long Island University Post. She was a superstar student, and now she's a superstar PR pro, and I'm so glad she's here today. So welcome, Namala. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start. I'd love to know why why food. When did that passion start? Although I do remember when you were in my class, you're baking cupcakes for our class to hand out during your final semester project and you wowed the audience. So
0: I love food. As you can as you said in my introduction, I write by food at night and I work in food during the day. So food has always been a passion of mine. Actually, when I first started at Zeno, my first account was Goldfish. So I have been on that for 7 years and wow. I've tapped into other spaces, like I've worked on travel accounts, I've worked on hospitality, even the non-sexy stuff like building materials, and I touched it all. So out of all of that, food was the one that really stuck with me. And I mean, even up to, until today, like I love to travel, love to taste different foods. So it's just something that I really connected with. Also, when it comes to pitching, it's easier for me to make that connection to the product because that's how the editor will then sell it into their readers as well. So for me, it's it's always stick with something that you have a passion for, because sometimes the product
1: comes out much better. Oh, absolutely. So let's take a start back. You were studying public relations, and you applied to the internship at Zeno. And yeah. I must say seven years at an agency, and this business oh, yes. is a lifetime. It is. <laughs> it's, it feels like it's been a lifetime. I mean... When I started,
0: actually, when I graduated LIU, I was, I can imagine what students are feeling like today, like going through the interview process. I interviewed at eight places before I got wow. to Zeno. So I always look back at all those places that I've interviewed with as well, just to keep up, to see what they're doing. Um, but then I, I think about all of my time here at Zeno and things have really evolved over the past seven years. Um I feel like I've learned a lot from an intern to now where I am. I mean, as an intern running around the city, getting Pepperidge Farm bread, mailing that out to editors, to now like really taking a step back into our strategy and thinking through paid angles or um, creative angles and earned media. So a lot has evolved. So um, I do take the internship very close to heart And, I mean, Xeno is just a place, it's a learning environment. So a lot of the people that we work with are mentors and mentees to each other. We do have a program where we are able to basically connect with other Xenoids across the world and you're able to give them advice. These are people that you don't work with on a daily basis. So it's nice to see everyone's perspective, even if they're not within your practice of consumer or healthcare or creative or data. So it's nice to get a different angle from everyone.
1: Did you know that when you joined Zeno? Was the reason you chose Zeno because of that, or food, or was it just, okay, I've got a great internship, they're a good agency, certainly there's no question about it, and you figured you'd give it a shot and see what happened. Definitely the latter. I mean, after going through eight interviews, you're like,
0: you start to like question your whole life. You're like, did I pick the right career? Should I become a nurse like my mom told me to? And then I just stuck with Zeno. And after it was three months, uh, then you get extended for another three months for a full internship. And I was like, this is my place. It felt like a home. Everyone was really nice, really like caring. And again, like everyone took the time to sit down with you and teach you through the process, which I think is something that I still hold with all of the employees I have today like I'll take a step back and be like hey just last week I asked an intern do you know what a desk side is and she was like no do you know why we're doing these mailers she said no so I had to really take a step back and teach her and that's something that I still think is very important because what you may know today you may not have known yesterday so it is all about educating at the end of the day
1: it is but it's unusual that when you get in the workforce that you get educated. There's a lot that's supposed to pick up from osmosis or being a sponge or you're expected to know, but it's very unusual to have your managers or your senior managers sit down and teach you as versus say, here's what you're doing wrong. Here's how to guide you. There's a very big difference. Right. That's totally right. And I think,
0: I know we were talking before too. I think a lot of that is also making sure that your junior staffers are being prepared and educating so that they can teach their junior staffers. And it eventually comes down the line of, hopefully, where you don't have to do that from a day-to-day basis.
1: (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about what you do on a day-to-day basis, and then we'll go back to internships. But uh, food and beverage PR, and you work with from both sides, an agency and a reporter. Yeah, so I think I'm going to start with the agency side because I think that definitely
0: helped from the journalist side too. Um, Well, as you know, I've been here for – been at Zia for seven years, so day-to-day has changed drastically. But today, as a VP – I do a lot of integrated agency teamwork, which basically means you work with a lot of creative agencies, paid influencers, and earned. So all together you work towards creating up with a creative idea. Most recently, Goldfish uncovered the insight that nearly... 50% 50% of adults actually eat goldfish crackers which wow that's shocking <laughs> right because you think it's a goldfish cracker is a kids cracker that's how they market to them and it's it's small and it's bite sized but if you take a step back if you really think about it those parents are the ones buying the goldfish crackers if the kid doesn't finish the crackers the parents is probably going to finish it so that was a big insight and we used that insight to then create a a really awesome idea of how many goldfish can you fit in your hand. So it was called Gopher, for the Hand Food Challenge and we basically asked people to see how many goldfish they can fit in their hand and we partnered with an NBA star named Bobin who has the biggest hands in the NBA. Oh gosh. And he can actually hold I believe it was 301 crackers what? in his hand which is crazy. I know. So it I'm turned, looking at my hands <laughs> so I won't do that. It turned into a really great challenge. I mean we were able to send these mailers to like Fox to the Show All of these like broadcast people were actually doing challenges with their colleagues and seeing like how many goldfish crackers they can hold. Anyway, the iteration of that was that we ended up creating a ceramic replica of Bobin's hand so that everyone can also go for the handful at home. And that was the idea. We worked with him during the all-star game and created an ad where he unveiled his replica in a hand. Um, and we sold I think we made about 100 copies and sold that out. So people were able to go for the handful at home, just like Bobin. So your handful could be 300 as versus everybody exactly. else's handful was just like 20. Absolutely. So a lot of that is, like, the idea and the completion. So that is probably what I love the most about what I do in my day-to-day is, yes, the idea for that probably happened in, like, October, and the actual execution happened in April. So it was just a long time. Well,
1: campaigns take a long they time. Do. It's not
0: immediate, per se. They really do. So I think that is definitely something that I love to do right now, but also earned media is a lot of what I do. So a lot of that is thinking through the best timing to launch something, thinking about like, is there an interference with dates? Is the Met Gala happening? Is this the right time to do something? Thinking through like political moments and finding the right moment to execute something or to launch something. And then it's also finding the right media targets and finding out the best ways to pitch them. What do we tell them? What are they writing about that's gonna attract them to a story? So let me ask you a
1: question. Has the media changed what they're looking for? And when I think of certainly food and beverage PR, and I know it's changed in other fashion, things like that, even the media is looking for paid now. I love earned media, I'm a PR pro at heart. And I think earned media is is the most important piece of, of any campaign puzzle. Yet, in some ways, there's a lot more pay-for-play than there used to be. Absolutely. I think the
0: media has changed drastically. Number one, TikTok is everywhere. Now, every outlet has a TikTok editor where they are writing about hacks that they saw on TikTok. Or really? new dances they saw on TikTok. Or these are the top 10 things you should buy because TikTok told you so. So... That has definitely become a big moment. Number two is like affiliate links with Amazon. So a lot of publications during the pandemic, they lost a lot of their editors due to layoffs. Obviously things have happened in the pandemic that caused the the cuts and layoffs. But the overall idea is that they are now partnering with Amazon. So if the article is... These are the 12 things to get for Mother's Day. If there is a link to Amazon, that outlet then gets commission. So it's really like trying to find items that are available on Amazon, which is new because a lot of things that we sell from a brand perspective is available in the store. Right. Not I on would Amazon. think when
1: you're talking food and beverage, which is exactly. where your sweet spot is, no one's really bite. Yes, you can probably get it through there fresh, but it's not on Amazon, but it's in a grocery store and that's exactly. not. So so does that make them less receptive
0: to want your pitch? Honestly, yes. Half the time, they will ask, and they'll say, hey, Normala, do you have an affiliate link for this? And I'm like, oh, so sorry. No, we don't. It's only available in stores. They're like, okay, well, sorry. Like, we can't include you this time. Next time, if you have a commerce
1: link, we're happy to take it. How awful. I know. That really is so disappointing. So is the challenge now to come up in even more over-the-top story ideas that they'd want to? And what if you're just launching a new cookie or you're launching, you've launched some pretty good stuff in your net. Honestly, now it's
0: called, I like to call it something that we do at Zeno too, it's called Active Earned. So essentially you have to do something in order to get coverage. So like you just mentioned, having a new cookie. That's great. What's important about your cookie? Did you partner with Dolly Parton? Is it a celebrity? Like that is the new angle.
1: So it's not just the product. You really do need to have a paid piece of the puzzle and it may be an influencer or a celebrity as versus an Amazon link.
0: Yep. And then another thing too is also your data. So like just with the goldfish thing, we knew that 50% of adults were eating goldfish crackers. So if you have that, that's really helpful because then your editor can then drive that storytelling with that stat. Goldfish did this because of this stat. So I think a lot of it too is also just having a way to also connect back to social. For example, uh, Chipotle did a Chipotle lemon candle Recently, And that was based off of the insight that when people go to Chipotle, they always ask for a cup of water. Just a cup so that they can get water. But really, they're not getting water. They go to the vending machines and they get lemonade. So Chipotle created a water cup, which is the basic paper cup you would get with a lemon candle because they knew that people were using their watered cups for lemonade they also did a partnership with this a designer online and she created cargo shorts using the chipotle napkins and it was a hit like people love that stuff so again it's all based off of social and what's going on on social to then drive that traction online as well
1: as an agency are you getting that information from the client? Or are you having to dig for it yourself? Are you having to have a meeting with a brand manager and say, listen, help us understand, let us dig into that data and insights, because what we have, we're great, but we're not going to deliver what you're looking for without it. Right. It's a little bit of a teamwork.
0: Our team is definitely on social every day, looking through, whether it's a Facebook group chat, whether it's Twitter, TikTok, And then on the brand side too, they have their social staff, so they're also mining for social tweets and any like comments that may come through. And then together, sometimes it could be the client that says, hey, we saw this on TikTok, what can we do about this trend? Or sometimes it's the agency that says, hey, we saw this, it's getting picked up in these outlets, how can we tap into it? I think one one more thing I wanted to say about that too, about tapping into pop culture moments. I don't know if you remember recently the Harry Styles, Olivia Wilde, and her husband Love Triangle scandal. Yes. But with that, Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Right, yeah. So Zeno actually represents Kraft Heinz, and they worked with Dijon mustard, and that was one of the ingredients within this salad that Olivia made and took to Harry. And the nanny apparently like leaked to media that this is how she knew that Olivia was having an affair <laughs> because of the mustard that she used in her olive dressing. And then it was all over social. Kraft and our team like jumped on that and they actually created a don't worry Dijon mustard bottle with like red feather around it just so that you knew this was like a Harry Styles bottle. And um, how much did it
1: fly off the shelf?
0: Oh, in like at- 20 less than 24 hours it was gone
1: you have to have a really responsive brand and client to want to say you do because it's beyond a PR idea now they have to go into manufacturing now they have to go into distribution they have to do everything so it is good for them to be responsive but it takes a lot of yeah
0: A quick turn. Absolutely. And that's one thing we love when brands are like fast and turnkey, but that's how you get the headlines. When you are fast, when you can turn something over in 24 hours, that scandal must have happened. I'm randomly saying this, but the scandal happened on a Thursday, right? The next day that news was out. So it was quick. One, two, three, and it it happened.
1: Speaking of jumping on a trend, but Cinnabon and let better call Saul. One of my favorite shows. Oh, I great. knew that you were doing something. Cinnabon was your client. Saul or Gene worked in the Cinnabon. Yes, yeah. So, uh,
0: one of my day-to-day jobs too is also part of helping other teams with their their story angles, and and that was one that they really tapped on. I think it was the ending of the season, fi- of the season finale. Yeah. Um, And they did a Better Call Saul bundle, and and that's how they drove traffic to the store. They also do some bundles with, like, The Bachelor. That was a really popular one where they did stuff for
1: Valentine's Day. And do they promote it on their social? Are you getting earned media for it? Is it just point of sale in stores? What What are they doing? It's a little bit of both.
0: From an earned perspective, of course, it's looking at how many stories we're getting, who are we attracting, but also driving sales to the store. I personally don't work on Cinnabon right now but I think that a lot of hot shows that are happening is like Love is Blind like they had a really big trend last week where they like crashed Netflix because so many people were trying to tap in live to their show but a lot of it is also jumping off of pop culture and seeing how we can make
1: bundles. So are you being reactive, or is the client saying to you, hey, we know we're either doing an integration or we hear they're using our product in something that's going to air three weeks from now, three months from now. What can we do public relations-wise to support this?
0: Again, I'm, I'm part of the pitching team, so I'm not part of their like overall like mm-hmm. I am for Campbell's, but I would believe that that had to do a lot with maybe BetterSol. The brand team saw that BetterSol call was part of that and they, there's a lot of media stories too that says like he works in a Cinnabon yes. and then you make that connection internally and then that is I Zena likes to call it the hive um, so it's hiving off of the pop cultural heat of the day so knowing that that happened that was your way of getting into a media story that is your way of driving a cycle without being part of the show.
1: Love it. So Let's change gears a little bit because by night you're a food blogger. Yeah. So, how does your PR help you in a food blogger or vice versa? And do your clients expect you to blog about their products?
0: So, unfortunately, I'm not allowed to write about my clients, which is fair, right? That's totally fair. And and that's good because, no, I actually think that's fair. Yeah. But I do think it helps a lot because, number one, I see how other agencies are pitching. So, I know from our side, like if I delete a pitch, I'm like, oh, this email is so long. Then I know from an earned side, my pitch should be like two to three sentences maximum. I should not have an essay. I should always include an image. I should always include my assets. What's the press release? What's the embargo timing? Is there a spokesperson that I can talk to? Is there a mailer? Is there samples? So I think a lot of that really helps. But also, you get to see what journalists love about specific stories. So oftentimes, I'll see in my group chat for the food blogging that they Post a lot of Zeno pitches, and they're like, Hey, who can cover this? Hey, who can do this? And it's like, So, bloggers yeah, share I can't that's that. interesting because you know,
1: when I teach pitching bloggers, you don't pitch them the same way you pitch earned media. I mean, you really do a one on one connection, and you're not necessarily offering interviews. Bloggers are different, especially right. paid bloggers, as far as this earned media, which is how I yeah you're pitching
0: so I guess it's a little it's a little different so like from a blogger perspective I'm thinking of like those snack bloggers who go to the grocery store and take a picture of the product and then post it on Instagram okay. food beast is a little bit more like freelance work so if there is a story that is trending they'll say like hey who has time to cover this and then they'll send you a link or they will send you a pitch
1: so they're pitching food beast versus pitching namala saying exactly
0: per se. absolutely so I think yes. Pitching, uh, just seeing how people pitch is definitely something.
1: Do you uh, want to do you want to call them up and say you're doing this all wrong? <laughs> you're never gonna get a story. Never. if Never. I well because no. There, think you, that also, way. You would never do right, that. Right. I would never that do that.
0: Also because you get so many pitches on a daily basis. Like you, we say this a lot on the on the PR side. Like. These editors are getting hundreds and hundreds yes. of pitches. But, I mean, I'm a freelancer, so I don't get that many. But I would say I probably get at least 75 pitches a day. That's
1: and, um, a lot. It's a lot. And a I lot. can't imagine you're spending time reading 75 pitches no. and emails and going, hmm, so I want to do that story. Right. Mm. Yeah. It's only things that, like, re-
0: again, it's the active of earn. Things that I know. Other, I guess that's probably also. If I know another outlet, if it's so intriguing that another outlet's going to cover it, then I'm like, oh, I want to cover it. Because,
1: then it's just something that I know is going to be trending. You want to be first. Yes, i want to be first. <laughs> <laughs> and is it the subject line that catches you? Do you read the pitch? Is it, oh, I have an affinity for this product or this restaurant? Because I know in your food blogging you cover it. Right.
0: Yeah. So for me, I think it's a lot, again, about what I work with on a day-to-day basis, like product news and QSRs and CPGs. So I think that... It's definitely things that I'm attracted to that I would cover, but also if it's like a cool fact or like a, a limited time pop-up or a limited edition something, then I'm in- intrigued and I want to learn more. Interesting. Yeah. Ah,
1: which do you love better, blogging or PR?
0: I'm not putting you Ooh. on the spot. <laughs> I don't know. I like my benefits of both. On the blogging, It's great that you have, yeah. you're able to do both. Yeah. On the... PR side I like the fact that you're able to you have the ability to come up with the idea like it can be an idea you think about in the shower like that's usually where all your good ideas come (laughs) from so I think two o'clock in the morning or two (laughs) o'clock in the morning when you're freaking out or you had a bad dream you're like oh I just thought of the most amazing thing to do Um, so I think that's the best part about the PR front and then on the blogger side I just like being able to like cover the stories
1: very quickly again being the first and having that that community does that help you understanding how a blogger because you are a blogger help you when you're crafting the creator for your clients I mean you said hey listen you think this is gonna work but I know I would never write about this so totally I think a lot of
0: again it goes back to like the pitch too right you need your what's the news why should I care what's important like why why is it that this this brand can do this but no other brand can going back to the Chipotle example what other brand can do that? They, they made that their example with the cargo shorts and the lemon candle. That's something that's unique to them. Uh, so that's something that, that's the kind of lens that I think about every time I come up with an idea or give an idea at Xeno. And it's just, how is this unique to your brand? What is gonna make an editor want to cover this? And then sometimes when you're looking through ideas, you have to be honest to the creatives and be like, hey, sorry, like this is this is cool, but it's not gonna get you earned. Like this is what we need to get earned. And I. I like to say this a lot. It's like if you don't give me the ingredients to bake a cake, I can't bake you the cake. So if I, there's no prominence, if it's not timely, if there's no like celebrity or a culture aspect of it or originality, then I it's it's hard to get that story for it's you. Funny, I
1: teach what makes news and those are literally, you know, the bullet points that yeah. everyone goes <laughs> and I'm like, no, you have to have that to make it news, Right. I mean, oftentimes, too, I like to
0: ask the new generations, too, like, what are you saying to You're not news? that old, news. generation. I know. I know. I mean, like, you know, but the new interns, I should say, like, what are the stories that are sticking out to you? Like, what are you reading on? What are you watching? I have to say now, what are you watching on TikTok? Like, what's sticking out to you? Like, that's how you find your trends and and. And make your. Story. And are they
1: bringing that? And you bring up interns, so let's talk about it. I know you actually ran the internship program yeah. at Zeno, and now kind of oversee people that do. And you came through it. What should interns bring to the party? What makes a good intern? And in then, how can someone in an internship program make sure they can have a career at, at an agency and stay there, or take that experience elsewhere? Because I think that's a real challenge for a lot of people. Internship is their first professional in their career job and they don't know how to make the most of it of course i think right
0: now truthfully knowing that we are in a hybrid workspace and these interns have never worked in an office before think about it they graduated maybe in 2020 2021 and the world was still shut down like they don't know what it's like to be professional to how quickly to respond to an email the urgency to respond to an email so a lot of it is Taking a really big step back and teaching them too, but when I look for when I think about interns, there's actually this one recent intern who we hired as a double A E, and he is so great. So I'm I'm gonna describe him, but someone who like raises their hand to try new act, try new things. Like if it's not part of their list, like if they want to take a stab at writing a press release or they want to continue with research, or they find something that's really great, and they wanted to bring it to our attention. That is someone who is constantly researching and constantly looking at, at Twitter and and just like trying to find the new news of the day and sharing that with the team. Also, someone who is willing to learn. Honestly, like that is just you know we we work eight hour days. There's so much to learn in those eight hours. If you wanna sub into a brainstorm, or if you want to join a client call, like just raise your hand to do so. We are happy. There's so much work to go around. We're happy to take the help. Um, So I think a lot of that too. So raising your hand, making sure that you are being proactive, but also if there's anyone that you are interested in shadowing, like let's say you work on my, I work on the consumer team. If you want to learn a little bit more about digital and what influencers do, saying that you'd like to learn about that too. So really just using your Resources at Zeno to do all that you can to be that well-rounded person, and lastly, also getting involved in like the culture in the office. We have culture crew. We've got bar <laughs> cards. We've got summer <laughs> parties. Like bar cards. So now many that's many my thing. kind of agency. <laughs> so, and I mean, we have book clubs. We like. There's so many like diversity, equity, and inclusion that you can do at an agency as well.
1: So, I think that that's really important. And wow certainly changed since I worked at large agency days. We didn't have any of those except for maybe birthday parties. Um, but what skills should they bring? Because it's great that here's what an intern wants. But you're having them, I'm assuming they're billing hours to clients, um, and they're not supposed to sit there and saying, teach me. They're supposed to bring something to the party. Right. Do they need to know what they want? What kind of skills should they bring first? You, uh, before you get to Zeno,
0: you already decided like you are interested in the consumer practice, or you're interested in research or data or the create. Like you already have picked your path. So they
1: should pick their path right. before. Okay, correct.
0: And then once you get there, you do. I do have to say, you do have the ability to switch your path if that's what you want. If if that if you found that you've gravitated more towards something else, we're happy to help you get there. But for the most part, you've already picked your path. So I'm using consumer as an example. So if you get there, your basic skills that you would have to learn is number one, is taking trainings, of course, to help you get there, but learning how to create a media list. Like we'll give you an example, but now we're gonna need you to run with it. We're gonna need you to do all of the research to make the best media list. So if we're pitching a new Goldfish Cracker, Google is your best friend. I need you to take a look on Google to see who's covered Goldfish Crackers within the past year. Do they still work at that outlet? Great, let's yeah. add them to and the media list. And then you're using
1: Cision to
0: compare and- Yeah, uh, use Cision. Well, now you have to check Cision Muckrack. They are social channels because sometimes Muckrack doesn't update. So now you need to look on their Twitter to be like, "Ooh, do they still work there or Instagram wow. or LinkedIn? Like you've got to check everywhere to make sure those people still work there. That's
1: wild. It's, it's definitely it's longer.
0: changed. It's definitely has al- changed, especially with all the layoffs that have happened to a lot of those editors have become freelancers. And that's great. But now we need to know where they're freelancing. Are they at a food outlet? Are they at a fashion outlet? Are they at... A basic news outlet, so it's a lot, a lot of research, now. and it's
1: changing constantly, constantly, I'm sure. constantly. And this is a generation, I will say that, because I'm older than you, that doesn't watch traditional media. They don't read newspapers. They don't. You know this, and. I teach that everyone going to PR needs to be a creature of culture and current events. So that I do right. my exam, you know, and, test and actually, they don't know. And then I teach them how to learn things on TikTok and Instagram. But I would love them to follow newspapers and media. But Absolutely. I actually remember
0: in your class, one of your questions was, could you guys name three news anchors on the Today Show. I only could name one
1: at the time, but now I can name all of them. I so see, it's important. <laughs> now now my students go, The Today Show? What, uh, is that? <laughs> um, what is that? And I'm like, you need to know that it exists. Yes. And they kind of look at me like I have seven heads yep. and I explain why it's important and I keep testing periodically through the semester. And I basically say, if you're going to go for an internship, and I remember this from years ago, they're going to give you a writing test. They're going to ask you basic grammar and culture and current events. They want people who are involved in the world. They'll help learn, teach you PR, but they want you to be involved and engaged. And that's how they differentiate. Absolutely. I mean, if you think
0: about all of our clients want to be on broadcast, so they'll launch something They're like, okay, Nirmala, when are we going to get on the Today Show? And I'm like, oh, I'm trying. Like, it's, <laughs> it's really hard to break through with those producers. But at the end of the day, if the idea is,
1: is awesome, they will consider it. That's cool. Any last tips or advice for someone wanting to get into an agency or move up? You've been so successful at it. I can give you both. So, okay, good. Number one for someone looking to
0: be involved or to apply to an agency, I would say start start looking now. Like there's a lot of agencies who are already prepping for summer. And, I mean, at least at Zeno, we already start scouting in February of every year. So if you go to their website, you're able to, like, look at careers and sign up. And then through there, we do the interview process. Things have gotten a lot more creative than they have been when I was first hired. We now ask you to do a video. Really? So it's it's really different now. And And, what's the video on? Help me understand so I can tell my students. I mean, well, so last year, I guess two years ago during the pandemic, the video was basically, I don't know if you remember that show. I only remember this cause I used to watch it with my sister, but it was like, welcome to, I think it was welcome to my crib on like MTV.
1: No, sorry and about that. And <laughs> basically
0: it was just like, welcome to my house. Here's everything you need to learn about me. And it's really like showing your personality and like what you can bring to the table through that video. And I remember watching some of the videos and people were so creative, who are still at Xenon today as like AEs or SAEs now. Um, But it's it's, again, all about personality and and what you're so excited to learn about in PR and, and what you can bring to the table. And then for someone who is already in an agency looking to move up, I think a lot of that too is honestly, Again, like being proactive and and like pushing yourself to do a little bit more. So like if you are an SAE, making sure you are looking through all client emails and being proactive and saying, like, okay, the client says XYZ. What can I do to get to the next step? How can I help her get to the deadline faster? So I think a lot of that too is also just making sure that you are keeping up with other practices, seeing what they're doing, how can you be involved? So I think that those are those are my two pieces. But also I'll end it on this. Everyone always asks my, what what is your advice? And I will stick to this probably until the end of time. But I always say trust your gut because it's telling you it's always right personally because either you have a gut reaction to something because it feels right to you or it feels wrong to you. Either way, use your voice because you do have a seat at the table and this is your chance to make a difference. I love
1: that advice. I love that. That's so great. Nirmala, it's so great to have you here. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. That's Nirmala Singh, Vice President of Zeno Group. I'm Sherry Goldman, President of Goldman Communications Group. And that's Let's Talk PR and more for today. You can find more information about the show and about me at Goldman Communications Group's website, www.goldenpr.net. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to talking PR and more with you all again next week.